Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Dave Pendleton. David. Martin. We are, well, we are, what are we in? What what month are we in? What day is it? Um, February. 2024 or something. February, the sun is shining. We've had (laughs) snow this week and um, we've just been talking off air about, uh, we're looking forward to the spring and hopefully reintegrating properly, Dave. Mm. Fingers crossed, it's looking positive. But um, today's podcast, uh, talking about something that we've all endured over the last Mm. 12 months. I Mm. say endured. Some of uh, some people out there will have really embraced and loved it. Some people are getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. Some people hate it. And that is the topic of remote meetings or video calls, whatever you want to call them, the Zooms, the Zooms. Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we've basically lived on them within business for the last year. I think it's going to really change the face of communication even post-pandemic. So they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we want to talk about, Dave, is how, what have we learned and what have we observed? So the reason we've come up with this topic is because at T2, how many sessions, remote-based sessions, either one-to-ones, group sessions, training days, webinars, have we delivered between the collective consultants here at T2 in the last year? Would you say hundreds? Got to be. Yeah, I would think so. Because, I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing at least two to three training sessions of half day or more a week, plus three or four or maybe even five sort of two-hour one-to-ones. Well, there's maybe 150 for you a year. Yeah. So you could argue that we've done 500 between us. I reckon, yeah. So so, so we've got a pretty good idea of when they've gone bad, when they've gone good, <laughs> uh, when they've been a struggle. Yeah. What's, so one of the transitions we had at T2 was in the early days, um, going from a room, and seeing people in the whites mm. of the eyes mm. and all the rest of it, reading body language, that transition to virtual delivery was about, even for us, Dave, baptism of fire. Um, mm. We learned a lot. Mm. We have learned a lot, but we've observed what's gone well, what doesn't go well, what hinders a session, um, what enables a great discussion stroke session. And I think what we're going to talk about today is it doesn't matter if you're a manager who's jumping on that Friday morning meeting, or if you're communicating to the masses, or if you're delivering your own type of webinar or, even a training session, workshop, whatever it might be. How do you facilitate a great remote session? What are the do's and don'ts and what have we picked up mm. over the last year? Mm. So the first thing I'm going to throw in the mix, Dave, and then we'll just freestyle it as normal, is time, the length of any session. Mm. Now, we have capped the time of any session we have done, haven't we, this year to maximum three hours, right? And that's training, so we've gone from full days to half days. Mm. But I wrote down here, Dave, in my opinion, I wrote down 90 minutes maximum is optimal. Mm. So what I mean for that is like we seem to have an attention span, a virtual attention span, which is far less than our attention span face-to-face. Would you agree with that? Um, I, I would most of the time, yeah. Most of the time I would agree. Um, but interestingly, you know, I was – our structure in a face-to-face, we tend to go in about hour and a half slots. 
So we'll we'll open up at nine-ish and we'll have a break about half ten-ish. So we do an intro, positioning piece, first session, break. Um, and I don't know why we didn't do that on virtual. I think we were trying to use, I think we were trying to maximize on the use of time rather than think, hang on a minute, what's the proper structure? Well, I think you raise a good point straight away. And, I'll, and I'll, it was one of my other points, but I'll, I'll shoe on it in now. Breaks. I think mm. what we do is whenever we have a meeting or a team get together in the office, we incorporate some breaks, a coffee break, a toilet break. Absolutely. But if you don't think about it, you don't incorporate it into a virtual session. So you could be talking for an hour, an hour and a half, two mm. hours, and you aren't even, nobody's been to the toilet, had no. a drink <laughs> or anything. So I think that's another lesson for great virtual sessions. If, you're gonna, if you know you're going to get your team onto a call or, or or your customers or whatever it might be, and it's going to go 90 minutes or beyond, mm. you've got you to structure a five-minute coffee break into that. Absolutely. You can leave the yeah. session live. You can turn your camera off, put yourself mm. on mute but structure a, mm. a break into mm. the to, into the session. Yeah. But I think going back to my, the, my comment around the tension spans and, and why I think 90 minutes is optimal, optimal two hours max, if, you, if you're just doing a general team meeting, 60 minutes or less, it's because of distractions more than anything else. When you're in a room, yeah. you do have a few distractions, but not as many. And it's very, the accountability on you, your attention mm. is there in the room. It's mostly electronic distractions. So phones, but, but essentially. What, yeah, but but what I'm saying is you can see. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's an accountability yeah, yeah. that people go, I'll get found out because I can get mm, seen. That's right. Whereas it's very, very easy. Very easy. Remote, on remote meetings to look like you're not being distracted, even mm. if you are. Your emails are popping up. You've got split screens. You've got things going on. You can, man. You've got your Dog. phone. Yeah, you've got your phone <laughs> under the desk, even though you look like you're looking forward. You know. You can be doing and getting distracted by many different things. The yeah. kids running around, the dogs barking, the cats jumping mm. on your lap, right? So distractions on virtual meetings are far greater than they are in the present. So Agreed. first point for me, think about your the time you're asking people to commit to sure. a virtual session. You can't say on Friday, nine till five, we're going to be on a on a team session all yeah. day. Yeah. You know, mm. it, you can, but be prepared to mm. lose people mm. and be prepared for your impact to not be as great. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that that shows some of the evolution that we've gone through as well because when we first started doing the virtual sessions, be, because because we had a lot of delivery to catch up on because obviously a lot of it had been put on hold because of lockdowns and tiering and all the rest of it, um, we were trying to fulfill full days still. So we just sort of jumped from full day delivery face-to-face -face into full day virtual because that was sort of like the customer and client demand. That's what was in the diary. That's what needed to be fulfilled. And it was probably only three or four months ago that we said, hold on a minute, is this the best use of time? Do we have a bit more time to be able to deliver short and more impactful sessions rather than elongate the sessions and try and retain people's attention through a longer period of time? And I'm not so sure, Dave, we'll ever go back. Maybe in, in if someone's traveling in for a full day's training, yes. But I quite like what I've really enjoyed is that shorter, more intense definitely, yeah. periods of definitely. delivery, even for yeah. us, the yeah, trainers yeah, yeah, and definitely. consultants, yeah. because it's like it's tiring doing six hours or it seven is. hours on mm. your feet. And, mm. and the way we do it with the energy we do it yep. and the concentration levels, I feel much like it's much more sustainable for us mm. to be doing more half day workshops than it is full day. Yeah, so we've really learned something about yeah, the length sure, and yeah. duration of mm. time, haven't we? Yeah, definitely, definitely. The second tip that I've picked up throughout this lockdown, that's a really practical tip for anybody, Dave, on 
who's facilitating a meeting or session is to do a very, you know, instead of doing an icebreaker or whatever it might be, to do a, a really quick exercise at the start of any session. Because mm. you've got multiple people dialing in. We've all busy. We've all got different distractions and all the rest of it. And when people dial into your meetings, there will be one of the four Ps, right? So we call it the four Ps, one of the four Ps. So a really quick round robin of which one you are and give people the freedom to be honest about it, right? Mm. It's just a way of getting them into the session. So the first P is the passenger. So it's like, this is another meeting or this is a session. I'll sit back and Mm. see what happens. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm the passenger. I'm going to sit back and see what happens. And if they enjoy it, the passenger will come into the session. Mm. If they don't, they'll remain a passenger, Mm. right? They won't disrupt, Mm. but they'll be a passenger. So they start off with that mindset. Yeah. So they yeah, start yeah. off as being a passenger. Mm. The second P that people can start off in, uh, in terms of a, a, a virtual session is the protester. <laughs> so it's like, I clearly don't want to be on this. I don't see the value of it. It's another Teams or Zoom call, and I'm going to make it known that I'm disgruntled about it or I'm busy. And you'll often hear things from the protester like, I've got a hard stop at three mm. i've got another call at two o'clock so i've got to i go might need and, to if i need to yeah. duck out it's because mm. of this reason so they're mm. already sort of making mm. it clear that i don't want to be here so sure. that's the protester number three you've got the, the third p the participant so this is i'm ready to go i'm on here i know mm. the value of it and i'm ready to contribute you know the participant yeah, yeah. straight away you can tell in the verbal sure. and body language and the last one is 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 the prisoner <laughs> you know it's like i'm here in body but my mind is elsewhere yeah yeah do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like they are, you can just clearly see that there's something on their mind. Their mind is so preoccupied with either something else that they're there. It's not that they don't want to be there. It's not, it's just that their mind's so preoccupied. Yeah, and yeah. these people often get called into the call and they're going, you can, you can hear it. What? So, um, yeah. So sorry. What would you say in there? You know, mm. it's like the prisoner. I'm here in body, but my mind's elsewhere. Yeah. So passenger, protester, participant prisoner mm. now someone did this on 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 me on a call which really then sort of made me think because all of us went around the call and said well prior to the call i must admit i was a prisoner because my mind's been elsewhere because i've just come off a really interesting call mm. but the way this session started off i've got to say now i'm a participant and somebody else went yeah i was a passenger but you've made me feel really at ease so i'm, mm. I'm more of a participant now and someone said you know what I'll be honest, I was a bloody protester. It's another mm. meeting I could do without. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know what you think about this, Dave. Mm. And if it's facilitated in the right way, sometimes it helps settle the nerves and get people consciously thinking about where they are. And actually, if I'm going to be on this call, let me. Let, let, I'd rather be a participant and immerse myself in it than not. Or I'd rather be honest about why I might be distracted or whatever it might be. Mm. I just thought it might be a great way for people to to. to to get people connected to the session and say it's okay to be any of the four P's because we're all busy, we're all distracted, and it's challenging. But where are you right now in your head? Just consciously think. Mm. What do you think of that? Mm. I think it's interesting. Um, and it kind of refers me back to something that I've always thought about when delivering sessions is that you generally get two types of participants in a face-to-face. You get the volunteers and you get the hostages. The volunteers are the ones who want to be there. The hostages are the ones who are being sent. I've been sent on training. That comes out in their intro. So what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah, my name's Dave. Uh, I'm from T2 and I've been sent on this training. <laughs> which would which would link. So the volunteer and the hostage would link into the participant. Yeah, process. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I like the other two because it's not always as black and white of that. I like the idea that you've got a passenger because of a lack of confidence yeah. or they're an introvert. So it's like, 
I'm, I don't not want to be here, but I'm a bit nervous about being here. So I'm going to mm. sit back and then warm into the session. I think sure. that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And the prisoner I like, because sometimes, Dave, it's not through bad intentions. We're just too distracted. It's preoccup- preoccupied. Yeah, too, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm working with a, an organization in whole where there's a few people like that because they've got an awful lot going on in the organization. There's an awful lot of transformation. There's some change. There's some reshuffling. Um, they're about to they're about to start a huge period of of manufacturing and production. So everybody's a bit nervous about that. People are mindsets are changing from you know being really quite secure into being quite insecure. So I'm definitely seeing that with that organization really quite clearly. Um, uh, and I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it would help people. Um, Do you know what it did with me? It allowed me to be honest. And I said, you know, this morning so far, I've been a bit of a prisoner because I've, I'm thinking about an exciting project at the minute that yeah. I'm trying to cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. shape. So actually, I looked up at two minutes to mm. go and thought, shit, I'm on that call now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a prisoner up mm. to the point. However, even this exercise of the person opening up and saying, listen, just be honest, where are you right now in regards sure. to this meeting? It brought me back to the present. And I actually thought about it and went, right, come on, participate. Right. Yeah. So I think if it's facilitated right and you set some ground rules that no one, there's going to be no repercussions mm. for saying I'm a prisoner or I'm a protester. <laughs> yeah. Right. It yeah. just allows people to acknowledge where they're at. And actually, before we get into the content of this discussion, can you make a shift? Mm. Can I buy your time for half an hour? I just wonder if the people would be nervous of answering that question, particularly if their senior leader was on the call as well. Exactly. (laughs) And that's a sign of great leadership or poor leadership, isn't it? It absolutely is. If you're genuinely doing it to say to people, this is not designed to expose you or reprimand you. This is designed to say that what we're about to discuss in the next hour is really important and I really need you to participate. So it's it's absolutely fine where you are, but let's just try and all come up with a social contract that says, Okay, I was there for mm. these reasons. I recognise I'm there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to come with you on this. Sure. But that takes a mm. skill, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. I Third like point I've put to you, Dave. Mm. We've fallen foul of this. Everybody does because it's just nature. But I've observed that this is the one thing that makes for really uncomfortable, clunky remote sessions. I put here: open questions kill momentum. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, I do. We had, we had a great example of that fairly recently that we all witnessed. Um, but you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, when I first started doing virtual sessions, you know, volumes of virtual sessions, you're right. You pointed that out to me. You know, I think I'm fairly experienced in delivery and you're right because that's what we do face to face. And it works face to face because it helps bring people in. But of course, when people don't have to speak, when when there is the ability to to electronically turn off their speaking device then generally people don't speak. And you're right, and it does create that uncomfortable silence. And I guess I've had to retrain my brain not to try and interact that way, just to sort of say, uh, guys, is that clear? If it's not, just shout out, I'll move on and move on. Yeah, and so what we're talking about here is open questions kill momentum. So if you're yeah. a manager or a leader or a trainer or a facilitator and doing any online session, if you um, open up with to the group with... Um, so what do we think about that, guys? Yeah. And then that's pause an open the question. Pause, yeah. That's an open question. Or would anybody like to say anything at this mm. point? Or has anybody got a question on that? These are open questions. Virtually, 
99% of the time, unless you've got that raving extrovert who likes to hog mm. the mic, you are setting yourself up for some tumbleweed, right? Agreed, yeah, agreed. It's an awkward mm. silence. It kills momentum because everybody on the call is waiting for somebody else to say something and it yep. never comes. Yep. So then you end up going, no, anybody? Oh, right. Okay. So no let's question. Move on, no, let's move on then. And it's all a little bit awkward. You're not getting yeah. engagement and traction by driving open questions. Whereas if you go, if there's me, if there's me and our team, Dave, mm. on, on a on a on a call, and I go, right, guys, let's talk about the rollout of the new mm. uh Microsoft Dynamics technology. Um, how are we finding it? Is it working for us? Is it easy to use? Dave. What's your thoughts? Yeah, what do you think, yeah. So if I go, Dave, what's your thoughts? You know that that's your cue to come in. You will come in and give me a response. Meanwhile, that is a signal for Spence, Claire, Lydia, and Katie, et cetera, that they're ready. next. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming ready. round. I'm doing yeah. a round robin, right? Sure. Um, so what we've said is that more, more than ever on virtual sessions, try to not open up to the group mm. because you'll, you'll kill your momentum and sometimes you won't drive the engagement you sure. want. Mm. And, and I think that's a really important point because I see too many people yeah. do it. We did an interview recently, lots of open questions, mm. and nobody was really answering. And part of it, Dave, part of it is sometimes not that people don't want to answer, mm. but they, they're afraid to speak over at the same time mm. as someone else. So yeah, do you yeah. know when someone says, what do we think about that, guys? And there's 15 people on the call. And they all put the microphones on and they all speak at the same time. <laughs> or everybody's <laughs> good because that happens. Everybody's yeah, going, yeah. right, let, let me hang back 10 seconds mm. to see if somebody else jumps in. So you get the awkward silence, and then and then the longer it goes on, you think someone's going to jump in in a minute, so I'll just hold off. Yeah, it's just mm. not a great tactic. So no, the, I agree. The tip is, don't ask open questions; it will kill your momentum. Mm. Try and bring people into the session by name, or at least set some ground rules before what you expect. Look, in a minute, guys, I'm gonna I'm just gonna share this slide with you. But in a minute, I'd like to go around the call, and I'd like to just yeah. ask you for a thirty second opinion on it. Mm -hmm. So just start thinking about that now. So you've already then teed it up. Mm. So I can then deliver my salient point, and you know I'm going to come to you in a second. Sure, it keeps a call moving. Mm, it really, does. really does. Yeah, interesting point there, mate. You make about round robins as well, because you know going around the room. I think when you face to face is quite a healthy thing because it helps people interact and give their point of view and it helps people learn from other people rather than just from us. Um, but definitely there are times in some of the sessions that I've been running where I definitely wouldn't do a full round robin because we deal face to face in groups of no more than 15. Whereas on a virtual, we might have 20, 25 or even more sometimes. Well, before we move on to the next point, you just saved my bacon and, and, and made a valid point because it is, We've had feedback from some customers that when the number of the attendees yeah. goes beyond a certain amount, and I would say that that number might be seven or eight. Yeah. Would you agree? Mm, maybe 10. All right. Say 10 max. When there's more than 10 people on the mm -hmm. session, if you're going to do a round robin three or four times mm. and everybody, all 10 people take an average of two minutes to respond, right? Yep. There's like an hour and a half oh, just of round robins. Yeah. So, you, you round robins are great for small groups. If you're going to go big groups, you need to cherry pick maybe four or five. Yeah, and exactly. then, so I'll go, right, Dave, what's your thoughts? Spencer, what's your thoughts? Do four or five. And then at the end say, right, guys, I'm not going to go around everybody, but before we move on, is there any final yeah. comments? Is on there that? anybody else wants to come in? Yeah, that's exactly what I've started doing. Perfect. Yeah. Four, yeah, four or five people, bring four or five people in so we can get a little bit of perspective and, you know, and then at the end, offer the opportunity because sometimes you do get people who want to share. Sometimes you do get people who want that level of interaction and they're really quite excited about what they've just learned. And that's great too. 
because the last thing we want to do is suppress that enthusiasm. So allow those guys to come in, keep it nice and succinct, and then move on. And what we find with that is when you do your four or five round robins and then you say, you open the question to, does anybody else want to add anything? Because four people have spoken before you, mm. it's given them the confidence to come in because mm. they've listened to what's been said right. and they can either add to it or just the scene is set for, yeah. for that interaction. Sure. So you get more engagement after doing a round robin by name for four or five people than you would just opening it up at the start. Sure. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really important point, Matt. Um, okay, next point of your Dave, I've put um, sharing slides. If you're going to share slides, which a lot of people do on mm -hmm. these calls, whether it's team updates, performance reviews, presentations to the board, sales updates, whatever it might be, if you're going to share your slides, I've found, and we've always been, had this mantra at T2, but I've found that if, if you're putting too much detail on them slides, specifically on a virtual session, you're really, really going to create distraction mm -hmm. and lose interest. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the reasons for that is because when you put detail up on a screen, people do that thing where they go really close and start reading it. You know, they're not listening to you anymore. They're not present. They can hear your voice, but they're trying to read the slide. Mm. Nine times out of 10, the person who's delivering is reading off the same slide, mm. right? Yeah. We've I, seen I, that as well, haven't we? Yeah. Highly <laughs> visual, please. I think what's worked well on virtual sessions is one single image about what you're talking about. Mm. And and so that remains as a prompt on the screen, but you need to focus on what I'm saying yeah. and be present on me. Sure. And I think too much detail distracts your delegates from what you're saying. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's any more on that in terms of slides, is there? I think slides no, I are think, useful. I think that's one of our general philosophies anyway, aside from virtual, because you know all of our slide decks are supporting information for the talk track. That's all they are. Mm. They're a visual aid for those people who like to to be prompted or to reflect, that's all they are. I've been on some conferences and virtual sessions where I've been speaking and there's a few people who've been yeah. speaking before me. Yeah. And it's like my dream. I mean, you didn't mm. want to remember that yeah. was your dream. And you've got a speaker with highly detailed slides and bullet points who's literally sat there reading, reading the bullet points the same, yeah, yeah. To, to the audience. Mm. And we're going to go next. And we've got all the kit. We're stood up. We've got energy, passion. And we've got highly mm. visual slides and it's like, right, showtime. Listen to me. Let me bring this yeah, alive. Yeah. You know, that's what great delivery do is anyway, mm. but yeah. virtually it's even more, even more important. Even yeah. more important. Yeah, it is. Um, use the features. So mm. when you get really familiar with whatever you're using, whether it's Zoom or Teams or whatever platform you're using, um, there's raise your hand features, there's chat features, there's breakout rooms, there's polling, polling facilities. Mm. Use it, getting familiar with how you use them very effectively and quickly and fluidly can really transform a session. Mm. So rather than people over talking, shouting out, whatever it might be, set the ground rules at the start. I know this sounds basic, but listen, guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to go like the wind. If you want to contribute at any moment in the moment, raise your hand, use the raise your hand mm. feature. I'll see it on my screen. I'll come straight to you. If you want to exchange comments about anything I'm talking about, Use the chat feature and start talking to each other. You know, mm. let's make it a really dynamic, engaging. And, you know, if I do want you to think about something, rather than have a big group, like you said, if there's 15, 20 people, break them out into groups of five in, in the breakout rooms feature. Mm. Um, so I just think it took us a while to really get used to how we were going to go in and out of mm. these features. But if you set your ground rules early, it really works. 
If pe- people mm. are much more likely to raise their hand and buy a button than interrupt yeah. sometimes. So I think just my message on that, Dave, what we found out is use the features to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. And the, the raise your hand um, feature is an interesting one because, uh, you know, at the beginning of every session, I do talk about etiquette. So everybody have your microphones off. So when the Amazon man comes and the dog starts barking and the kids are shouting and your printer's going in the background because the kids are printing off their own work and all those types of things, you know, it's not distracting for everybody. Um, and I do talk about the raise the hand, but then I also put the caveat in that, listen, if you've been waiting 30 seconds and I haven't seen it, yeah. then stick your microphone on and shout at me because you know what we're like, we do get on a bit of a roll sometimes. Sometimes we're not staring at the screen. Sometimes we are looking at the the slide or we, you know, we talk doing an exercise on the whiteboard and, and asking people to shout things out where we might be. So rather than allow that hand to stay on the screen for minutes and minutes and then go, Oh, John, sorry, you've had your hand up for a little while. Sorry. And they're like, Oh, t- to be honest, Dave, the, the time has passed. Yeah. And you've also said in the past, haven't you? Physically raise your hand on your screen. So, so I can put, see it. Put yeah. your hand up. And if yeah. I see it, then I'll think it. Now this is an important point because what you raise, I think is more fundamentally the point here. When you're talking about etiquette and using the features and the way this session's going to run, mm. you get to set the ground rules. Whatever sure. your ground rules are, yeah, are yeah. fine, as long as everybody on that call knows what they are. Yeah, correct. So yeah. by you saying, right, listen, guys, try and use the raise your hand. If I don't see that, shout at shout me or out. physically raise your hand. Yeah. As long as everybody knows the ground rules, mm. then it will make for a fluid session. Yep. It's when you don't set the ground correct, rules yeah. and you've got Joe Blog shouting at mm. you in one sense, you've got someone else using the raise your hand, you've got someone else using the chat feature, mm. and everybody's doing different things to try and engage with you. So set your ground rules yep. on every virtual session. Whatever yeah, suits yeah. you, the facilitator. And whatever fine. suits the session. Yeah. Because because one, one set of etiquette for one session might not necessarily suit the next. So if you've got something that is highly interactive, like, I mean, there's, there's a couple of bits where uh, I get people to shout, shout out in turn. So when we're talking about triggers, I like to know how many triggers people resonate with and we do a really quick fire john how many you got jane how many you got martin how many you got out of 16 and it's ding 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 so that's where the etiquette changes but i announce the change once we've done that bit i announce that we're changing back to how it was before so it's about controlling that and leading that rather than just allowing it to get a bit out of control absolutely mate setting ground rules is really important so everybody knows how this thing's going to run if I want to engage how I do that, if I need to be quiet where I do that, yep. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, all that type of stuff. So it's it's not chaos. No, absolutely. You know? <clears throat> I put here, record the sessions. I think recording the sessions for for, for playback is always useful. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to realize that this is down to personality styles. So some introverts, some analyticals, where if the call's going to be fast-paced, they might want to they might mm-hmm. want to look back at it. So they asked me to record it. Yep. But even for you, the facilitator for me, for you, the trainer, the mm-hmm. manager, whoever it is, record your sessions. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to give you feedback around improvements more than mm-hmm. watching your own session yeah, back. Absolutely. <laughs> because when you're immersed in it and you're delivering it, you don't pick no. up on the nuances. Whereas when you watch it back, you'll go, why am I doing that? Mm. Why do I miss that cue? Why am I not engaging with that person? Why was that a little bit too transmission? You know, yeah. so <clears throat> record the sessions. It's the greatest piece of feedback you're going to get on how well your sessions are going. Yeah. It also allows you to watch the delegates. Mm. So when you're in the flow, you don't watch people, do you? Not, not much, no. So it allows you to watch them Mongo. Are they engaged or are they getting distracted? And the last one I've put, Dave, with a few minutes left, 
is stand up for energy. Now, this might be just for us as trainers, but I've put stand up. Mm. If you sit down for the whole session, you're hunched over, your posture's hunched, it's going to result in your energy levels, your volume, your tone of voice. Stand up, project, and get some energy and passion going into the session. Would you agree? Not in every sense, but sometimes. I think in the vast majority of sessions, I totally agree. Um, I think things like one-to-ones, it's okay to sit down because it's more intimate. It's just you two and so on and so forth. But definitely in delivery, whether it's an hour delivery or four hours delivery, I think it's massively important. And that's, that's something that, that, that you raised with me when we first started doing virtual, because I was a bit resistant. I I didn't really like doing it. It wasn't my favorite thing to do. Um, so therefore I just kind of sat down and, and delivered it. Um, and as soon as you said, listen, try standing up, it made a world of difference. It definitely made a world of difference to me. Because even if there's not much going on at the other end, there's certainly plenty going on with me. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely changes your delivery style. 100% it changes your delivery style. And and let's face it, people have, have sat on hundreds of these calls all year where everybody sat down talking mm. around the call. When people dial into our sessions and we're stood up with a microphone on, with a high-resolution camera in front of a big screen, and we're ready to go, Mm. and we're expressing and using body language, it's different. It has a different dynamic, and Mm. people go, ooh, right, this is going to be engaging. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but certain times, stand up, you know, project yourself. Mm. It's got a completely different feel to the whole tone of of the session. So in summary, Dave, with, with literally a minute to go, because I could talk to you all day, but we're coming <laughs> to the end. You know, think about your time, no more than 90 minutes optimal if possible. Think about the four Ps, opening up and, mm. and getting people on the ship. Open questions kill momentum. Let's not try, you know, have many of them. Take breaks, you know, like any yeah, any time. Give people mm. a chance to go to the toilet, have a coffee break. Uh, share your slides, make them highly visual. Raise your hand, chat features, breakouts, all good to use, but you need to set the ground rules so everybody's mm. singing off the same song sheet. Record the sessions and watch them back. Are mm. you getting engagement? What you're doing well, what you're not? And finally, stand up to project energy and impact. Absolutely. Dave Pendleton, I loved that. Um, thank you very much. Welcome, pleasure. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. 